Moses was in hiding, tending sheep. And Moses needed to cooperate and go where God wanted him to be. Gideon is in hiding. God comes to Gideon and says, Gideon, you're going to defeat the Midianites, mighty man of valor. But he's in hiding when God speaks to him. And so Gideon has to realign himself and position himself to be able to fulfill God's word. The disciples, they're fishermen. Jesus comes and says, no longer that. I'm making you fishers of men. And it meant obedience from the disciples. It meant a redirecting, positioning themselves, laying down the nets and picking up the new. And church, if we just get a word and we just move on, we miss what God is going to do. We miss it. And so it's important for us to pause and to ponder and to wait. And the word habitation is what I'm going to be sharing this morning with you. Habitation, the definition of habitation is to dwell, to become a place of residence, to make a home. That's what the word means. And so I started this week to draw comparisons and say, okay, what is visitation? What is habitation? And um, in the last couple of weeks, we've had the privilege of having Pastor Gilbert and Pastor Jasmine stay in our home. And when we heard they're going to come stay, we made room for them. We prepared a room. And when they arrived, we said, please, this is our home and it's your home. Make yourself welcome. There's the fridge. Help yourself. Whatever you need, make yourself welcome. But at no point that they start to rearrange my furniture. Right? At no point did they say, have you got a tin of paint? I'd like to paint out the walls for you. At no point did they say, can I spring clean your cupboards for you? Can I do some dusting? Because they were visiting. And when Pastor Gilbert left, he uses very strong cologne. And a lot. (laughs) And uh, when he left, we giggled. Every time we walked down the passage, my girls would go, it smells like Pastor Gilbert's still here. Because his scent had remained in the room. And it lingered down the passage until about the Wednesday. And then we couldn't smell it anymore. Why? Because he hadn't come back. He hadn't made that his permanent dwelling. He had only visited. And when he left, a couple days later, he sent left. And then God started to challenge me. And he said, how? For how long have we treated Holy Spirit like a visitor? Where we say, you're welcome, please make yourself at home. Until he wants to start rearranging things in our lives. Until he starts to say, there's time for a spring clean. And we come to church on a Sunday, we receive a scent and an aroma. There's a scripture in, I think it's in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, and it says that he diffuses the fragrance of Christ through us. Imagine, the smell of Christ has been diffused through us. And we come to church on a Sunday and we get the aroma and we get a visitation and we experience God and it's beautiful. But come Wednesday, the scent is left. 
fragrance has left. And we go on with normal life and we wait for Sunday for another visitation. And God's saying, I don't want that any longer. I want to become, a, a, I want you to become a place where I can make my home habitation, remain, dwell. Permanent residence where the scent and the aroma and the fragrance doesn't leave on a Wednesday. It goes with us. Wherever we go, that scent goes. And I believe God wants to transition us from this place of having visitations, moments, where He abides. He remains. And I just want to share a little bit, if it's okay with you, just a bit of personal experience. But a couple of months back, I don't know what it was, if it was a, a vision or I was spending time with the Lord and He took me onto a mountain. And Him and I were... We were talking. And in a moment, this thick mist came over this mountain. And it engulfed us. And he said to me, that's my spirit. And so every time I go into this place with the Lord, I get this mist. When I say, God, what must I say? He shows me a picture of the mist going before me. The spirit will lead you. I breathe in this mist and as I open my mouth, the mist comes out. And this last week, our family, straight after the inauguration, we went down to Clarence into the mountains just to absorb everything and spend time in prayers and family. And the, the one morning I woke up really early, the sun was just starting to rise. And the family was sleeping and I opened the door. There's a beautiful lake outside the cabin. And I thought, I'm going to go spend time with the Lord. And as I stepped out of the cabin, I looked up to the lake. And a thick mist hung over the lake. I closed the door behind me and I ran to the edge of the lake. Because I heard the Lord say, my spirit is hovering. He's waiting for you. And so I went and sat on the edge of the lake. And I said, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to the church? And he said, this is what habitation looks like. Where I don't only come in you, but I rest on you. And in that moment, I started to weep. I said, God, show us how. And I looked up into the mountain and I knew because I've been there before that there was a cabin in the mountain. And I knew that there was a willow tree with a bench to my right. And I knew that just a bit further on, there was a forest. But I couldn't see it this particular morning because the mist was heavy. And the Lord said to me, that's what happens when there's a habitation. Your focus is no longer your surroundings. Your focus is no longer your circumstances. Your focus is no longer life my presence and so I spent time on the edge of the lake that morning and I said God show us how to take us as a church to that place where your presence is heavy and everything else dims in comparison we lose focus of everything else that morning the atmosphere 
was different around the lake. It was quiet. The whole atmosphere had changed and the Lord reminded me of our vision that we have been called to create atmospheres. You see, if you walk into a room, just a plain room, you can change the atmosphere pretty quick. You can dim the lights, you can light some candles, you can put some beautiful romantic music on, and your atmosphere has suddenly changed. Correct? Yeah. We have been called to change the atmosphere. We've been called to create atmospheres. And I want to share something about the fire weekend. For those of you who were here on the fire weekend, I just want to clear something that we're not trying to reinvent or fabricate or copycat what took place that weekend. That has become our new norm. creating atmospheres, I want to ensure that this atmosphere is where heaven feels welcome. That's why we've got the piano. Christo, you're amazing. Can we give Christo a This man has got such a good heart, such a pure heart. And that's why we've got music, because in heaven, there's music. We're going to worship day and night. This is just our practice. But there's worship in heaven. And so week after week, we're going to have the piano playing. And we will speak in tongues. Because that is my heavenly language, Howie. That's my heavenly language. And I was thinking this morning, you know, if I go to a foreign land and I cannot speak the language... And I suddenly hear someone in the supermarket speak English. I'm like, oh, that, that sounds like home, right? Well, that's the accent. I recognize that accent. And I suddenly start to feel like that's home. That sounds like home. This needs to start becoming a place where the Spirit says, oh, that sounds like home. That sounds like home. And so we will be doing these things. And I encourage you to participate. Let us not miss what God is wanting to do. And on the fire weekend, we started to shift atmospheres. You remember that? There was a different atmosphere in this house. And at one past the point, Pastor Gavard said, we have stepped into the realm of glory. My mom prays every year for a scripture for the church. This year, the scripture was 2 Chronicles 5, 14. Have we got it? I'll go down to verse 14. It says, at that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple. The priest could not continue the service because of the cloud. For the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. Church, that is our scripture for this year. How I long, how I long for the moment where I can just get out of the way 
and God does what he needs to do. Where the presence is so heavy that we cannot stand and we cannot minister because he's doing what he does best. And the fire weekend, Pastor Gibbard said, we stepped into a realm of glory. And the Sunday evening, and I want to share this testimony just to stir up something for us to realize that we haven't even yet scratched the surface of what God has for us. And in a moment, we were standing here in front. And I remember him saying, can everyone just lift your hands? And we lifted our hands. And suddenly, the weight of God's presence. And as I looked up, church, I saw the heavens open. And we joined in with a choir of angels. And I haven't shared this yet. I took a couple of days just to share it with with my husband because I was so emotional. And I heard the choir of angels joining with us. And that evening when we got home, we sat talking with Pastor Gibbard and he said to us, guys, there was a moment tonight where the heavens opened and the angels joined with us. And I was like, yes, I saw right. Because I'd never experienced something like that before. And he said, and I saw God looking down. You guys have an open heaven. And he tells us how he's got three angels assigned to him. He sees them. He knows they're there. He said in that moment, his angels bowed down and started to worship God. Church, we were in that. Yeah, that's right. We're part of that. We created an atmosphere where heaven could start to infiltrate. Where the activity of heaven started to infiltrate what we were doing. And we joined with heaven's hosts. May that become lifestyle for you and for me. Day by day. You see, you either create an atmosphere where the Spirit of God feels welcome or it's hostile. And may we always work at ensuring that the Spirit of God is welcome in this place. Amen. Amen. There's a story of the Ark of God coming back into Jerusalem. I'm sure you all know the story. And, And David becomes fearful. It's a fear of God. And he no longer wants to transport the ark because somebody's died. They've put the hand out. And Obed-Edom says, I'll take it to my home. And for three months, the ark, the presence of God, stays in the home of Obed-Edom. And the scripture says that him, his household, and all that he owned was blessed because of the ark in his home. Church, let me say that when we start becoming a dwelling place where the Spirit of God can start taking habitation in our lives, we will be blessed. This is a promise that where the presence of God is, there is blessing. There is blessing. And so I want to show you this morning, that was a little bit of history. Sorry, now we're going to start preaching. Okay, um, just in uh, Exodus 25, 8 and 9, 
it shows us that God's design and desire was for him to always dwell with his people. That was his desire. We see in Exodus 8, 9, Exodus 25, 8 and 9, it says, Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the, the pattern I will show you. It's interesting. The word show you. I wonder if Moses wasn't taken right in to heaven to see the throne. Because it says, as I show you, not as I tell you, as I show you. But we see two things from the scripture. One, God's desire was to dwell with the people. Secondly, he had some very strict requirements on what it needed to be like. God was particular. If you read Exodus, the, the ark had to be, the tabernacle had to be done a certain way. Cubits high, cubits wide this color, this size ring, that color curtain. I mean, it was particular on the way God wanted the place where he would host his presence. And in the tabernacle, we know that there was the most holy of holies, where the high priest would go in and encounter the presence of God. And so we see from scripture that God has always desired to dwell with people. But there comes a point in the New Testament where he says, right, my presence is no longer confined to a tabernacle. It's now going to fill men and women who will be vessels that will carry and facilitate and host my presence. That's you and me. Yes. And 1 Corinthians 6.19 says that we have become the temple of God that his spirit dwells in. We are the temple. So can I say that wherever there is a king, there needs to be a throne? Right? Okay. Work with me, church. If we're a temple, we have a throne in our lives. Okay? There's a throne. My question to you this morning is, who is on the throne? Because whatever is on your throne becomes the object of your worship. And whatever you worship is what you become. So the question is, what is seated on the throne of your life? If we are a temple and we have a throne, you see a throne represents supremacy, lordship, rulership, kingship, control, authority. What's controlling you? What has control over your life? What is on the throne? The second thing is God had requirements and church, God did not change. James 1.17 says that there is no variation, no shadow of turning. God didn't decide in the New Testament, you know what, I'm going to throw my, my feet up and I'm going to become casual about the things of God. I'm going to become casual about my presence. He has requirements for you and for me. And it's not works, church. We know we're not under law, we're under grace. But there are certain requirements and expectations God has for us to be a holy temple. Why? Because we are housing the holy temple spirit of God 
not just a spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. And He's calling us to be a holy temple. You see, God desires us to become dove-sensitive people. And what happens is when we become dove-sensitive, He starts to speak to us about things in our life. It's a journey. Listen, church, holiness is not perfection. It's not religion. We are all on a journey. Daily, I go before God and I say, God, show me things in my life that need to be corrected. Show me things that I need to repent of. Show me things that are causing your spirit to stand to one side and be subdued. Because church, what happens is when we give in to greed and malice and hatred and unforgiveness and pride and lust, sin, the word says that the spirit never leaves us. We just drag him through all that stuff. We take him with us. And all he does is he just quietens down and he makes room for that stuff that we're filling our lives with. And he's saying, I want a holy temple. I want you to become dove sensitive so that when I start revealing things to you, that you're quick to repent. You're quick to turn away from and say, I pursue holiness at all costs. That's the life I want. But we need to listen because he's continuously speaking and he's continuously changing us from glory to glory to glory to glory. But we're on a journey. God desires a place that is holy, that is set apart. Before our fire weekend, we had a time of fasting, of prayer, of consecration, where we set ourselves apart. And look at what God did. The scripture in the beginning of the year was, consecrate yourself and I will show you wonders. God wants to show us wonders in our own personal life. We've got to set ourselves apart. It's a call, it's a demand, it's a requirement of holiness to put Him on the throne of our lives. Yeah, that's right. And then worship. You see, whatever is on the throne is the object of our worship. And church worship is not necessarily music. I mean, Hello, aren't we happy for those of us who can't play an instrument? Yeah. Hallelujah. Right? <laughs> but worship is not music. If you look in Genesis 22, there's a scripture that talks, it's the first mention of worship in the Bible. And it's when God instructs Abraham to take Isaac and sacrifice him. And Abraham gets up early in the morning and he saddles up the donkeys and he gets everything ready. And him, the servants and his son go on a three-day journey. And they stop at the mountain and Abraham says to his servants, you wait here. The boy and I are going yonder to worship. So what does it mean? Sure. It means a life of sacrifice and obedience. Worship is lifestyle. And so church, when we become dove sensitive, when he starts to speak to us about stuff in our life and we start to change our direction, and we live a life of obedience and of sacrifice. He says, ah, now I have a place to rest. Think about Noah. After the flood, he sends out a raven. But a raven is a scavenger. It will eat off a dead carcass. So that wasn't a good indication. 
So he sends out a dove and the word says that the dove comes back because it has no place to rest the soles of its feet. We know that the spirit is likened to that of a dove. The dove needed a certain environment, certain requirements in order to land. And eventually when the land became dry and it could land, it comes back with an olive leaf. Significant of new life. Waters have receded, life has sprung forth. Church, can I say, when we create an atmosphere where the spirit can rest, new life will always spring forth. Amen. Always spring forth. Amen. But it's a call to holiness. It's a call to sacrifice, to obedience, to putting God on the throne of our lives. And church, when that happens, when we recognize that we are His temple, and we are not only filled with His Spirit, but His Spirit rests upon us because we have created an atmosphere. When we start to see that, and recognize that we are worshipers, people whose lifestyle lines up to what God is asking of us, we start to create atmospheres and then we start to see breakthrough. Because on the weekend where atmospheres changed with our fire weekend, we saw miracles and we saw marriages restored and we saw hunger ignited and we saw salvation and we saw addictions broken. That's what we've been called to. And this is why I got so excited when I started to look at a place of habitation. I was like, God, this lines up to our vision. Because we're gonna need to be a place of habitation where His Spirit doesn't only fill us, but it rests. And then the world will start running here. Running here for the answers. They'll run here because it's a place of hope. They'll run here because it's a place of breakthrough. They will run here because signs, wonders, and miracles are happening here. Because we're worshippers. People whose lifestyle is a breakthrough. We're obedient. We sacrifice. We become dove sensitive. We listen to his voice and we move wherever he tells us to go. That's our responsibility. And church, it's a call on you and on me because we can't, cannot get you on a Sunday and try and start stirring this thing up. It's got to be lifestyle where the dove rests on each and every one of us. And then when we come together on a Sunday and there's a corporate anointing, the heavens open. And we join in with the choirs of angels. That is our pursuit. That is our desire. Ryan will be speaking next week, part two of Habitation, where he will share on practical applications of becoming a holy people. Don't miss it. But that is what we have been called to do. It's a challenge. There's a demand on each and every one of us here this morning. And I don't know about you, but I don't just want random visitations with the presence of God. I want to feel Him take up residence where He can start to say to me, it's time for spring cleaning. It's time for a cleaner. It's time we rearrange this. And his scent and his fragrance and his aroma follows me. 
wherever I go. Then I start to impact cities, nations, communities, lives. And we start to fulfill the call that God has for us individually, but also for us as a house. Amen, church? Is that okay? I just want to give us the opportunity this morning. We let the Spirit challenge us. Let Him speak to us individually. Let's just all close our eyes. I want you to ask Holy Spirit and say, show me. Show me if there is anything but you on the throne of my life. this morning because this is serious this is where God wants to take us this is not my good idea this is not something I just want this is a word that came from a prophet of God and says this is God's plan for this place we have to take it serious and so we're going to pause for a moment and we're not going to rush but I want to give people the opportunity where you can get on your knees where you're sitting at the front wherever has challenged you in this morning church repent make right do what you need to do to get to a place where the spirit of God is welcome where he feels at home 